You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. Today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. Check them out today to get 10% off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. And we return here with a Thursday episode. We are back, continuing to dive into all of the roster, I'll call it a bonanza, that's happened over these past 24, 48 hours. The Ravens, at this point in time, have put together most of their practice squad, not everybody. They've also made a couple of moves in terms of bringing guys back on the active roster. So there's a bunch to get into today regarding that. So in the first segment, I do want to go over the practice squad. I think that's an important first thing to get out of the way and just talk about who's there, who's not, who left, who was claimed, who the Ravens claimed, and that type of information. Then in the second segment, I want to get into the injury news that came out last night on Wednesday night and just get into what that means, the timetables, who else we could see follow suit on injured reserve in the coming days and stuff of that nature. And then in the final segment, I do want to talk about just some moves that the Ravens have set themselves up for, whether that is in the coming days with signings or whether it's in a couple weeks, a couple months with the trade deadline, just what they've set themselves and positioned themselves for with the draft capital that they've had and that they've accumulated through trades because they have a lot of their own picks this year. They also have a bunch of picks that they've acquired from other teams in the early to mid rounds. So we'll get into all of that here. I do want to continue though to remind people that the show is going over to YouTube starting on Monday. Now that doesn't mean there's going to be no more audio. If you want just audio, it's still going to be anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, but now there is a video option. So that starts on Monday. If you want to subscribe to the channel, that's when the content will start coming out. The audio show and the video show will be the same thing. I'll just be taking the video audio and putting that on the actual audio form. So you're not missing out anything if you're doing one versus the other. It's the exact same thing. Just my face is on one of them and the other one you just hear my voice. So I greatly appreciate anybody who subscribes. We've started to grow that subscriber number a little bit. My first goal is 1,000 subscribers. And then once we hit that, I do want to do something again. I don't know what it is yet. I'm thinking maybe be doing the Ravens conditioning test, but we shall see. So let's dive into it all right now. But before we do that, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Anyway, there's a podcast where they're waiting Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Ravens and my personal account at KOSTRIKER34. So with all that being said, we are going to jump right in here and we're going to start off with the practice squad news that happened primarily on Wednesday. And the Ravens, they saw a couple of their guys end up getting claimed, unfortunately. And this is something that for the Ravens, of course, and for any team, they never want to see. These guys are all promising. These guys have all spent time with the club. And for the guys the Ravens lost, two very solid guys during the preseason. Running back Nate McCrary got claimed by the Denver Broncos. And defensive back Nigel Warrior got claimed by the Seattle Seahawks. Now, am I surprised by either move? Not necessarily. Honestly, I think that there was a pretty good chance both got claimed. But to be honest, I think that Warrior had the much higher chance. Whichever one of the three, and I had said, I'm thinking it's probably two roster spots 
for Ardarius Washington, Geno Stone, and Nigel Warrior. And Washington and Stone got the nod. Whichever one of those guys were to get cut, I did not expect them back in Baltimore. I thought the easier ones to kind of squeeze through waivers and take that chance were Warrior and Stone. I honestly think Stone might have had a better chance because Stone, outside of that one preseason game in Week 1, didn't really stand out, but he did do a lot of things right. So I'm not saying Stone is bad. I'm just saying that I think that Stone might have had a better shot at clearing it through waivers, but we'll never know at this point because Warrior was the one who did get cut. Very versatile player. I think the Ravens would have loved to have him back on their practice squad, but this happens. Warrior was a talented player. Seattle saw that, and they scooped him up. Same thing with Nate McCrary. I mean, you look at it. The Ravens would have loved to have Nate McCrary on their practice squad. As of this recording, they do not have a running back currently on their practice squad. So I think they're definitely going to put at least one running back with the remainder three spots because they signed 13 players on Wednesday. So we'll see what happens, but it's sad to see McCrary go. It's sad to see Warrior go, but I wish them the best of success in their new endeavors. And getting into the actual practice squad now, let's get into it here. Adrian Ely, the tackle. Blake Gallagher, the linebacker. Trace McSorley, the quarterback. Tony Poljan, the tight end, Andre Smith, the tackle, Johnny Townsend, the punter, Benjamin Victor, the wide receiver, defensive tackle, Justin Ellis, Anthony Levine, senior defensive back, wide receiver, Jalen Moore, defensive back, Jordan Richards, defensive end, Chris Smith, and finally, kicker, Jake Verity. Not a ton of surprises here, to be honest. Gallagher was one that I didn't expect. Barrington Wade was another guy who was with the Ravens earlier in camp as an inside linebacker. He went back to Denver's practice squad because he was with Denver for the preseason and the rest of that training camp. So Gallagher comes back. Good prospect. Very raw, but good prospect and gives the Ravens some depth. It was also reported by Jeff Rebick that Josh Bynes is expected to sign or the Ravens are planning to sign him to their practice squad. So whether that does come true or not, I think that'd be great, but if the Ravens already have a bunch of veterans on their roster right now, or on their practice squad right now, so we'll see if that is something that ends up happening. I mentioned the running back. It's also on the Ravens site on Ryan Mink's article, which details the signings of the practice squad. Devin Gray was added to that, so I think that he might be on this practice squad right now as of this recording. I don't think anything's been announced but I think that that's just a name to watch because I did catch it, but I wasn't entirely sure. Then the article was updated to 14 players instead of 13, so maybe the Ravens are keeping three wide receivers on their practice squad. The biggest surprise, I guess, was Andre Smith. Smith didn't really show me, and, and I think a lot of people, a ton during training camp in the preseason. Spencer Schultz came on here and pretty much said that, you know, he was not doing well in training camp, and during the preseason did not do all that well. He was cut before the final preseason game. So, yeah, I don't understand that one the, the most out of all of them. But for the majority of those moves, I think the Ravens, they did a pretty good job. When it's all said and done, they were able to retain Trace McSorley, Benjamin Victor, Adrian Ely, a couple of their veterans with Ellis Levine. They got Jordan Richards back in there as well, Chris Smith. So they did a lot of good things. I think McSorley is a great guy to see back. I said on Twitter he was a steal. <laughs> I don't know. People were getting all mad about it. I, I guess they just didn't think Trace McSorley was all that great. I don't Look, I don't think he's the savior of the Ravens franchise or anything, but he knows the system, and I think that is why he is a steal because – uh, there aren't a lot of people who have been in the system for as long as Chase McSorley. I'm not saying Chase McSorley wouldn't be better than somebody already out there on the market, but 
I didn't expect him to go smoothly through waivers. I know a lot of people did, but I didn't. I know I also know some people didn't either. So I think McStorley was a good guy to get back on the practice squad. Ely has a lot of potential. I like that. Ellis, very good to get him, Levine, Richards, all those veterans back. I was kind of surprised. I kind of thought they might have gotten put back on the active roster. We don't see Pernell McPhee on this list, so I think that kind of tells us something about where he could be in the coming. It literally could be this morning. It could be a day down the road, two days down the road. So we'll see what ends up happening, but I'm pretty impressed with the guys they were able to get back. Benjamin Victor was a guy who a lot of people liked, so I'm impressed with that. Now, some big controversy. Yes, let's talk about controversy, because, oh, did some controversy happen on Wednesday? Let's talk Ben Mason. Ben Mason, the Ravens' fifth-round fullback rookie 2021 draft selection. Now, a lot of people did not like the Ben Mason pick. I was one of them. I did not understand why the Ravens passed on tackles. Stone Forsyth is someone who I've seen people mention as someone who was available. They wanted, I also like Stone Forsyth a lot. There were tackles. There were defensive tackles. The Ravens go with a fullback, which kind of a puzzling move. Wasn't Eric DaCosta's John Harbaugh's best work there? These guys are great. They're great decision makers, but nobody's perfect. Guys make mistakes sometimes. And this was definitely one of them. Mason did not make the 53-man roster, but Mason did clear through waivers. And so with that news, it was kind of expected that he was going to re-sign on the Ravens practice squad. And when it ended up happening was Ben Mason signs with the New England Patriots practice squad. Not the active roster, but I think really spurns the Ravens and goes to the Patriots, and it seems like the Patriots, if it wasn't the Ravens, would have been the best fit for Mason anyway. I know some Patriots people were saying, look, the Ben Mason dream happens just a lot later than it was expected. So I think guys there are happy. Guys in Baltimore are not happy. John Harbaugh seemed very mad when asked about Ben Mason after practice on Wednesday. He was asked about, he said, are are Ben Mason in your plans? And he said, I'm not going to comment on that. Mason can answer that himself. He can announce his own plans. So that did not sound good whatsoever. And it seems like whether Mason was just mad at the Ravens for not putting him on their roster or something, he he spurned them. Maybe this was something where the Ravens said, hey, look, we really like you. We want to put you on our practice club. We just don't have any roster space for you right now. And he was like, okay. And then he goes to the Patriots. I don't know the inner workings of what happened. But the Ravens, I think, obviously were very upset by this. The Ravens have very rarely moved off of rookies, and they've now moved off of two in the same offseason. So a little bit of a different sight for everybody, but that was the Ben Mason controversy that happened. He is no longer going to be a member of the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens can find a fullback pretty easily. I'm not overly upset about the production loss, and the Ravens have a fullback of their own named Patrick Ricard, who's a pretty good football player. You might have heard of him before, so... I think that the Ravens will be just fine. It kind of stings, especially if he did spurn them and kind of said, hey, you cut me. Look what I'm going to do now. I'm going to leave. But regardless of what happened, Mason made his choice. There's no obligation in football, both with the organizations and with the players. So if that was Mason's decision, that was Mason's decision. But the Ravens practice squad looking pretty good right now. We'll see how they round it out. But when we get back here, we're going to be talking about the injury moves that the Ravens made and assigning to the active roster. So stay tuned for that and we'll be right back. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com. The premier sports pool host service. 
Running your pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools 33, and more. Run your pool hosts formats for NFL and college football with one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy sports platforms, run your pool has options and settings to make your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today and get $10 off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in this world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. The NFL season starts September 9th. Start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on and have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. Game on. And we are back with our second segment of this Thursday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still here with you. And we're now going to talk about the Ravens and what they did from an injury perspective, just putting guys on injured reserve. Also, some practice news as some guys returned to practice, which was a very good sign. So first of all, I do want to talk about who returned to practice. I think we'll go with that first, and then we'll get into the injury news and the actual signing that the Ravens made back to their 53-man roster. So practicing for the Ravens, Justice Hill, Sammy Watkins, Nick Boyle, Marlon Humphrey, and Marquise Brown were all practicing. And this is a great sign for the Ravens. Now, that probably does mean that Justice Hill won't go on injured reserve because it seems like he's back, and the Ravens will probably use him on special teams a bunch, and they'll use him in that role. But I do think it, it's, it wouldn't hurt for the Ravens to go out and look for somebody, whether it's a veteran they signed to the practice squad or they put Hill on IR, which probably isn't likely anymore, but they do that and then sign somebody to their active roster. I think that's honestly a, a good, at least to look at it's good for them. So hopefully they do at least invest in looking at it. But Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown, two guys who definitely need to continue to establish their chemistry with Lamar Jackson. And look, Lamar Jackson has no problem getting chemistry with guys. He seems to click with them rather quickly. There's only been a few examples, Miles Boykin being one of them, where he's really not on the same page with someone. And I think, yeah, Boykin's definitely the main one. But Brown and Jackson have had a connection for a very long time. Watkins and Jackson did some work together. So, and Jackson has said, you know, it's fine. We had the work in Arizona. It's not going to be from nothing. And he's right. It's not from nothing. But the practice reps will definitely help. Marlon Humphrey returning from that groin injury. Very good news. Obviously, the Ravens were being cautious with him, not playing him, and just making sure he was back to 100%. Anytime the Ravens have an injury like that, just something that could nag if it's not 100% healthy, I do think that it was the right decision for them to just rest it until they felt comfortable putting him back out there on the field. But the big one here for me is Nick Boyle. Boyle was activated from the physically unable to perform list, and now he's practicing again, but John Harbaugh did say that he's not ready to play. So whether that was just coach speak and he's actually ready to play, I don't know. But the Ravens, Getting into the roster signing, did re-sign Eric Tomlinson, the tight end, to the 53-man roster. So I don't see any need for the Ravens to keep four tight ends. In fact, I think that Tomlinson could be kept on the practice squad, no problem. So I think this might just be, look, Nick Boyle returned to practice. He obviously was not doing full 11-on-11 stuff. You know, he was sprinting during practice. So I don't think he was fully back doing 11-on-11s or doing any of that stuff, but it's just working him back into game shape, getting him out there. The Ravens aren't just going to practice him for three days and say, all right, go play against Las Vegas. That's not what's, what's going to happen. So 
I think the Ravens did sign Eric Tomlinson for the, they're going to use them in that Nick Boyle role type role. And that'll be until Boyle returns. And then I think the Ravens can definitely put him on the practice squad. And that will be a definite worthwhile investment because I think Tomlinson is the best fit for the Ravens offense when Boyle goes down. He is a great blocker. He has gotten better as a receiver. Definitely not a strength in his game, but he's gotten better. So I think that he is someone that the Ravens definitely should keep around, even if it is just on the practice squad. And then the two injury notes for the Ravens are that they actually placed both Rashad Bateman and Miles Boykin on injured reserve. Now, that does not mean they're out for the entire season. (laughs) These injuries are not going to do that. Now, we don't know a lot about Boykin's injury. So actually, we, we could see Boykin just be out for the entire season and he'll be stashed there and then it's all right, let's see what you got next year. But I don't feel like that's what they're doing with him. It could be. But again, this could be a situation where they're actually putting him on IR to free up a roster spot for now and then they can bring him back maybe in the middle of the year if they're still dealing with injuries at the position because Boykin is by no means a terrible, horrible player. But also, he has not been on the same page as Lamar Jackson. He has not given the Ravens the production that they've needed from a receiving perspective. From a blocking perspective, he's their best blocking receiver, and I don't think anybody's debating that. But for what he brings versus what someone else will bring in a different position where there is other needed depth, I think that Boykin, for now, is better on injured reserve. And for Bateman, the Ravens said they expect him back sometime in September. And now that he's on injured reserve, he can't even come back until week four anyway. So that's already putting him in October. That's October 30 be able to play. So he could return to the field in late September, but it seems like his first game, and it is his first game, his first game would be at the very earliest October 3rd against Denver in week four. So Bateman will be out until then at the very minimum. Same with Boykin because now injured reserve, you can bring guys back after three weeks, which I think is a is a great rule. Just thinking about what it would be like without that, I mean, really, let's let's think about it this way. If the Ravens, and they, we're going to talk about it, who else they could put on IR, but let's say Bateman and Boykin had to be on the active roster and the Ravens still made the decision to do that. Well, I think that that would mean that they couldn't bring back guys like Eric Tomlinson and they couldn't bring back guys like Pernell McPhee and they'd have to make tough decisions. We could see up to four or five guys placed on IR here for the Ravens to start the year. So that's four or five roster spots where if injured reserve automatically ended their season, they would not have had that depth, which is kind of crazy to think about because it's almost not worth holding. Now, obviously the physically unable to perform list is an option and that would be six weeks, but I think that still... The Ravens definitely did get a break here, and the whole NFL did, to be honest, to get a break here with just these new injured reserve rules, which help. So that's good for them. Other guys who could be placed on injured reserve, maybe Nick Boyle, maybe Justice Hill, but the two return to practice. So I don't think that that's an option, or at least it's not as big of an option as I thought it was a day or two ago. Jimmy Smith is the one who I think is maybe the most likely out of everybody now to be placed there just because we haven't really heard a lot about it. John Harbaugh said the ankle's a bit worse than anticipated. He he did say some promising stuff about him potentially practicing very soon, but if that's not the case, then the Ravens could definitely just put him on IR and say, all right, we're not going to get him back for until week four, but still, I think it'd just be best for them to do it. And then they can go from there. They have cornerback depth. They have the secondary depth. So 
I think they'd be okay even if Smith does hit injured reserve for the first three weeks. Other than that, though, the Ravens are just continuing to maneuver through those injuries. It's been tough, of course, the J.K. Dobbins injury definitely being the toughest. But it's something that all NFL teams go through. It's something that, yes, it's unfortunate that it's happened so often. and The Ravens have been so fragile this offseason and, and heading into this season. But these guys will be back. Obviously not Fortin Dobbins this year, but for Bateman, maybe for Boykin and whoever else gets injured throughout the season. We've already seen the guys return. Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins. It's exciting to hear those guys are back on the football field. And hopefully it stays that way for the entire season. But we're going to talk about how the Ravens have positioned themselves for the next couple of days, weeks, and months with the draft capital and players they have on their roster. So stay tuned for that, and we'll be right back. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need into a traditional chain storefront. Wine grow from pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, ends wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see other parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in the how you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection of live below prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And we've returned here with our final segment of this Thursday edition of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker is still here with you. And I want to get into a bit of just how the Ravens have positioned themselves for these next few days, few weeks, few months even. We could even get into actual draft day. But with the picks and the players that they have on their roster, now there are two sides to this. One, there is the side of what does this mean for the 2021 season and the 2021 roster. The other side to it is what does it mean for the offseason and for future years for what they've done to build that way. So let's first start off with the 2021 season and I'll just tell the draft pick story as it is right now. The Ravens have 10 projected draft picks in 2022. Their own first rounder, their own second rounder, two third round picks, which is their own, and the compensatory pick for David Cully. They're projected to have five fourth rounders that own the pick from Arizona in the 2021 draft trade, the pick from the New York Giants in the Ben Bredesen trade, and compensatory picks from Matthew Judon and Yannick Ngakwe. I do want to note, though, that the pick for Judon could end up being a third-round pick now with the injury to Carl Lawson. So that's a, a big development for the Ravens. And then one sixth-round selection they got in the Greg Mance trade. So this is a team that likes to stack draft picks, and it's very 
It's very rare to see a trade like we saw with Yannick Ngakwe, let's say, where that was a third and a fourth. That That's something that the Ravens don't usually do. So they have all these draft picks. How can they use them to better the 2021 roster? Well, with the roster they have now, they've positioned themselves to go out there and one, find players in the event of an injury. But two, if they want to shore up some depth, I know tackle is one that is extremely likely to potentially get looked at. Maybe you look at inside linebacker. Maybe it's it's wide receiver for now. I, I don't know. But we'll see because there are some guys still on the waiver wire, still on the free agent market who could potentially help out. You know, Tyrell Crosby, the former Detroit Lions tackle, someone I like, is a potential swing option. But the Ravens also are known to sometimes go in there with the guys they have and they trust those guys. But in this Eric DaCosta era, he is not going to wait around, you know. He's not going to wait until week 12, week 13, week 14. He's not even going to wait for the entire season to go through and be like, okay, we gave these guys a shot, now let's move on in the offseason. No, if, if guys aren't performing, if guys aren't helping the team out, he will move on and he will use his assets to go out there and find people who will do the job that those players aren't doing, a la Mr. Tim Williams. There are some other guys out there as well, but that's just the way there DaCosta ends up operating. And I think that's a very good way to operate because it helps the Ravens not only just for that year, but for future years. You know, we saw with Marcus Peters, that trade was not just a 2019 trade. That's a trade where Marcus Peters is probably going to be a Raven for a very long time. So I think that the Ravens, with what they're projected to have, they could certainly move two-fourths for a player. They could certainly move a fourth and a sixth for a player. Uh, This also is good news for just the trade deadline in general for the Ravens because they will probably be looking to upgrade their team, right? Marcus Peters wasn't a need for them at that time. They had Marlon Humphrey, they had Brandon Carr, they had Jimmy Smith, but they wanted to get a cornerback who could help them out and they wanted a talented player. Now that trade has paid dividends, so they could go after a position that we just don't even know they're even looking at, right? Are they, are they going to go after some tight end or some safety or, or even another cornerback? Who knows? But they have the draft capital to do so, and it seems like players are very, I don't, I don't know, undervalued by other teams at points in the NFL. Like, there will be overpays in draft capital for players, But for the most part, there aren't really a ton of those deals. So the Ravens are able to get value value back for their draft picks, like the fifth rounders they traded for Marcus Peters and Clayus Campbell, stuff like that. So look, I'm excited to see what they can do with those draft picks. But the way that they've constructed their team right now, the obvious areas of need, at least to start the year, wide receiver with just the injuries they have. Once the injuries are gone, they're not going to have that need anymore. They are very deep there. I could see offensive tackle for sure. Maybe defensive line if it gets a bit thin, but Justin Ellis is on the practice squad. Inside linebacker is another, but if Josh Bynes comes, that kind of solves the issue, but he's not the exact player they need right now. Safety's another where if they don't get a ton of production out of their young guys, they could look to get some production as well. But they have a lot of avenues to improving the team. They aren't going to be perfect. There are going to be holes. And if Eric DaCosta is able to do his job well, which he is usually done, he is not perfect, but he's usually done a good job at it. 
I think the Ravens will be able to field a very competitive team in 2021, not just to start the year, but consistently, even if there are injuries or even if there is poor play, because Eric Nacosta will be scavenging around, looking for guys on the free agent market, using that draft capital, using maybe some players who aren't producing the level that they want them to. Everything is fair game with Eric DaCosta and this this regime that he has because he is not going to wait around for anybody, which, again, I think is the right call. So now what does this mean for the 2022 draft, the 2022 offseason? I expect Eric DaCosta to be wheeling and dealing, as Eric DaCosta always does. The Ravens don't like to stay put on draft day. They like to maneuver up and down the board based off of what their board looks like. If there's a player who slipped, they're not going to pass him up because he doesn't fill a need. The Ravens like to do the best player available strategy. I think it's a good strategy. But if there's a guy who's continuously slipping, but the Ravens start to get antsy, we heard the story about the Ravens getting antsy with Ben Cleveland in this year's draft. The Ravens could opt to move up because they now have that luxury to do so. So uh, look, it's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens end up going about this, but they have a lot of draft capital. I don't see 10 projected spots for guys. I think there are going to be some because look, when Lamar Jackson gets signed to that contract, there's going to be a lot less money to go around to sign a bunch of veterans or to sign some key contributors who cost a little bit more. It's going to be a lot of rookies, a lot of vet men contracts. So the Ravens, I don't think, have 10 projected spots in their roster. When everything is said and done with re-signings, free agent signings, potentially trades and more. But I think they do have a few spots open for draft picks, obviously. I think they're going to definitely have at least five, maybe six. Could even be seven or eight. They had eight players in their draft class this season. Only six made it, but still. I think the Ravens have set themselves up very nicely with draft capital, with the players on their roster at this point, both for the 2021 season and the future, but that's all that I have for you today. When we get back tomorrow, it'll be our last Purple Friday episode before the regular season begins, so stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.